Hey, Christ Fellowship, don't you love that song? That in the middle of the storms in life, we can call upon the Lord. We will keep our eyes above the waves. We will rest in His embrace because we are His and He is ours. What a beautiful song that is. Well, welcome everyone, it's Pastor Omar here. As you can tell, things are a little different today. For one, I have a beard going on today, but also we're shooting out here by Biscayne Bay. And we decided to shoot out here, not only to change things up a bit and because it's beautiful, but also because the setting of the passage that we're gonna be looking at today finds itself in somewhere similar to this. So we thought it would be perfect to come out here and conclude our series to revive and thrive. By the way, by the way, let me just give a quick shout out to our worship production and creative teams. Listen, every single week, you guys go above and beyond to create an experience for us to be able to engage the Lord in a new way. And so thank you so much for your hard work and effort. Listen, we are blessed because of all your effort and all that you do for us. So thank you, thank you so much for all that you do. And uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter four. And you can also take out a piece of pen and paper, a journal, you can take some notes and you can load up your app. And so as you're turning to Mark chapter four, let me just give you, let me set up the scene for you of what's going on. Because the Lord is early on in his ministry. He's begun to do some miracles to show glimpses of his power. He's begun to share some parables to show glimpses of his insight into the kingdom of heaven. And he just finished calling his 12 disciples. Now, because, they're, because their disciples were very early on and they're not only in their ministerial life, but also in their life altogether, the Lord wanted to teach them a very important lesson. Now, keep in mind, these disciples were not middle-aged men who had a lot of experience and wisdom in life, but rather they were very, very young. In fact, historians say that all the disciples were probably in their late in their late teenage years. They were just teenagers. And so the Lord wanted to take this time to teach them a very important lesson that they would keep not only throughout their ministry with Him on here on earth, but for the rest of their life. See, and the Lord knew that the only way that He could do that was not during the easy times of life, was not when things were just calm and quiet, but rather the only way He was gonna be able to teach them this important lesson was when things were not fine, when they would encounter a storm in their life. In fact, write this down as point number one. Listen, Jesus oftentimes leads us into storms. Jesus leads us into storms. With that being said, let's go to the passage for today in Mark chapter four, verse 35. Listen to what it says. It says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side, to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. Now notice, Jesus is the one here who's initiating this journey because he knew exactly what would take place. And so listen to what, says, what it says next. It says, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. Now follow the scene here because in the middle of this journey, in the middle of the night, a storm develops. Now the disciples knew that in the Sea of Galilee, 
it, there was, it was prone for storms to develop out of the blue, and here's why. It's because the Sea of Galilee, it's about 700 feet below sea level, and the surrounding mountains and the surrounding hills were 2,000 feet above sea level. Some mountain ranges went even 10, 15,000 feet above sea level. And so when all these, all this cool, dry air would come down, right, and clash with this hot, humid air of the Sea of Galilee, the pressure would drop and storms would develop. So the disciples were not surprised that a storm had developed in the middle of the night, but rather what they're surprised, what they were taken aback is that the intensity of the storm and how, at the fury of the storm. And so listen to how the passage continues. It says this, it says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on what? Asleep on a cushion. And notice, as a storm is raging, as it is intensified every single moment, the boat starts to give and, and water starts to fill up inside of that, of that boat. And you can just imagine the panic and the fear of these disciples to the fact that at one point in their life, at this point, listen, they might die in the storm. And so in the middle of this panic, in the middle of the storm, if, in the midst of all this anxiety that was going on, it says that the Lord was sleeping in the stern of that boat. And who knows, you know, perhaps in the middle of this COVID-19 season, you're going through a storm in your own life. And in many ways, it may seem like water is filling in into the boat of your life. And it seems like the Lord is asleep in the middle of this storm. Maybe for you, the storm that you're facing right now is financial. Perhaps you've been laid off. Perhaps you've been furloughed in your, in your job. And the truth of the matter is that you don't even know when you will go back to work. And you have all these expenses. You have your children. You have all these things going on. And you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. And so maybe the storm in your life is a financial one. Perhaps your storm is, is dealing with your marriage. You know, the truth is that your marriage wasn't perfect to begin with and then COVID-19 comes and the financial struggles, you're at home stuck with the kids, your tempers are, are flaring. And so, you, you know, your, your marriage, it's now in a, in, a, in a real difficult place. You guys are not getting along. People are throwing the, the word divorce around and so, Maybe you're going through a storm in your own life in dealing with your marriage. Perhaps you're a student, there's, you haven't seen your friends, but there's drama going on, there's gossip taking place. You can't even graduate because there's not a physical graduation. You don't know what's gonna take place for school. Maybe you're graduating from college and you don't know if you're gonna have a job now with this economy. And so maybe you're going through a storm in your own life. Maybe you're a business owner or maybe you own a practice and you set your practice up with a perfect budget, with everything going on, but now this whole thing has hit and, and there's no business coming in. You don't know how you're gonna pay your employees. You've got a new mortgage in your house and, and so the pressure begins to, to build and, and there's a storm right now in your business, in your personal life. And maybe it's just health. Maybe you're struggling with cancer. You know someone had a stroke in your family. Uh, things are going on. Listen, everyone in life, in this season, we're all going through a storm in one way, shape or form. 
And maybe in your own circumstance, whether great or small, sometimes it feels like, like your boat, the boat in your life and different areas in your life is filling. It almost feels like the Lord is at sleep. And so as they were dealing with a storm, listen to what happens next because it's monumental. Listen to what happens next. It says, and they woke him. Imagine that you're, they're panicking. They woke the Lord and said to him, teacher, do you not what? Do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? The family is, I was reading and meditating through this passage. To me, this was the most striking part of the whole story. Because think about this. The disciples could have asked any other question in the middle of that storm. They could have woke him and said, teacher, should we go back to land? Listen, we're not too far off. We can still make it back. Or teacher, hey, should we just press on? Should we go through the other side? Teacher, is, is there any way that we can get water out of this boat? Is, teacher, is there anything that you can do to mitigate the situation at hand? So they could have asked any question in the middle of the storm, but notice what he, what they ask him. They ask him, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care that we are perishing? And folks, this is a very important question because it reveals their most deepest question in the middle of the storm. And it was this, is do you care about us? Do you love us? Because see, what good is it if Jesus had all this power, all these abilities, all this wisdom, but at the end of the day, didn't care enough about them to do anything about it, about the storm. And so in many ways, the storm unearthed their most deepest and fundamental questions when they were going through the storm. And folks, listen, the truth is, is that when you and I go through storms in our life, listen, we can ask many questions to the Lord. We can even ask questions about Him mitigating or changing our circumstances. But below all that, our, our deepest, most fundamental question that we ask of the Lord is, Lord, do you care? Do you care that we are perishing? You know, I've told you before, I have a, a young 60-month-old daughter and She's just like in these stages where she's already walking, she's climbing, she's climbing couches, she's climbing her high chair. She's, she's walking through the street, so she's exploring. And as you can imagine, listen, she's taking tumbles all the time. She, she falls down, she gets little bumps, she gets scrapes, and every single time she stumbles and she falls down or something happens, there's this, this sense of, of, of panic and fear inside of, of, of her little heart. And every time she falls, Listen, she looks at her father, at me, and her eyes are filled with a question, do you care that I'm going through this? Do you, do you love me? Do you care? Do you realize what's happening in my life right now? Even in her little life, right? Those little mini storms in her life, she looks at her daddy and she, her question is, daddy, do you realize the pain? Do you realize the anxiety that I'm feeling right now? And you know, with you and me, even though we're older, the same thing happens when we take tumbles in life, when we struggle in life, when we're filled with anxiety, when things are going on, it's almost as we look up to our heavenly father and the question that we have is, Lord, do you care? 
right? Do you realize the pain, the anxiety? Do you realize what's going on in my marriage, my financial situation? Do you realize the uncertainty in my life? And so in many ways, listen, we're no different than Camila, my daughter, right? We just look at our Heavenly Father and say, Lord, do you care that I'm going through this in my life right now? And so listen, the Lord here allowed in this passage a storm to develop for two reasons. You can jot these down as A and B. First of all, is to show us His love, and B, is to show us His sovereign power. In fact, let's go back to the passage. It says this. It says, And He awoke and rebuked this wind and sea, and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And folks, don't you love that? Because in the middle of the storm, the Lord stands up and He commands the storm to be still just like He was speaking to an unruly child. In fact, the phrase there, great calm in the original Greek, you know, we always like to remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew, translated into different languages. The word there for great calm could be translated just to dead calm. Almost like the water behind me like a dead calm in the sea. And so after he calms the waters, he looks at every single one of them in the eye and then he poses a greater question to them. And is this, is he posed a question, why did you doubt? Why did you lose faith in me? Don't you know that I, care for you? Don't you know that I love you? Don't you know I am your good shepherd? That I will lead you through every single season of your life, every storm I'll be with you. Don't you, don't you believe that? Why did you doubt? And church family, you know, when, when we go through our, our own storms in our life, it's almost like the Lord looks at your eyes and to my eyes and He poses the same exact question. Why did you doubt? As you're going through this difficult moment in your life, why did you lose faith in me? Don't you know I care? Don't you know I love you with an eternal love? Why are you doubting? And, and, and folks, because Christ, as we see in this passage, because He is all-powerful, because He is all-sovereign, because He is all-loving, because He is all-caring. Listen, write this down as point number two. We should be fearful during the storms of life. As we go through storms in our life, listen, there should be fear in us. However, write this down as A and B. Not fearing that the storm itself, right? Not fearing the uncertainty, not fearing the difficulty, not, the, not fearing what could happen, not fearing the storm itself, but rather write this down as letter B. We need to fear not trusting Christ. See, there should be a fear in us, a holy fear of not trusting Christ. In fact, listen to what happens next in the passage. It says, and they were filled with what? They were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? 
Now notice the, word, the phrase there, great fear in the original Koine Greek is, the, is a phrase mega phobos, which sounds like mega great and phobos fear. And so what's interesting is that even though these disciples were fearing death, right? When they were going in the middle of the storm, now the Mark tells us, the author tells us that they, they had even greater fear, greater fear because now they were seeing the power of Christ, the sovereignty of Christ, his dominion of every single storm. And folks, when it comes to us, when we go through storms in our own life, listen, church family, there should be a holy fear in us as we go through storms. Not fear in the circumstance, not fear in the uncertainty, but rather, listen, fearing that we would ever stop trusting Christ. And so as we go through storms in our life, let's be sure that we are believing, that we're trusting, that the Lord loves us and that He cares about us. Now, you may be thinking out there, but Pastor, how can I be sure? How can I be certain that the Lord cares for me? How can I be sure that the Lord loves me in the middle of the storm? Well, here's how. Because when you and I face the greatest storm that you and I will ever face in our life, listen, the Lord already took care of that storm. He already quieted that storm. You're probably wondering, Omar, what is that, the greatest storm that, I, that you and I will ever face? Well, the greatest storm that we will ever face is a storm of God's wrath upon us because of our sin and shame. You see, the greatest storm that you and I will ever face in our life isn't the small things that we face in this life, but coming before a holy and just God and having to give an account for every sinful thing we've ever done. And listen, when we face a judgment of God for what we've done in this life, for the sinful things we've done in our life, listen, we will not be able to withstand the storm of God's wrath. And we will spend eternity without Christ because of our sin and everything we've done against Him in this life. But you see, here's the great news. But at the cross, listen, the Lord quieted the wrath of God for us. See, it's almost like in the middle of the storm of God's wrath for us, it's almost like the Lord Jesus Christ threw himself into the stormy waters of God's wrath and took upon him, absorbed all of the wrath, all of the punishment, everything that was meant for us. It's almost like he threw himself into the stormy waters of God's wrath and God's judgment and he took it upon himself. And so folks, listen, he quieted the greatest storm that you and I will ever face. And so every single time that you and I will ever go through a storm in our life, listen, think of the cross. Because it only makes sense that if Jesus was good and faithful to absorb all of that wrath, all the fury of God's storm, of His wrath for humanity, for all the things we've done against Him. Listen, if He quieted that storm, that it may only make sense that when we go through our own storms in life, that He will be there and that He will love us, care for us and guide us and sustain us through every single storm that we face. Why? Because He already took care of the greatest storm that we will ever face in our life. In fact, folks, this is why it's so important for us to remember Romans 8, 31. 
is such an important verse for us. Listen to what it says. It says this. It says, what then shall we say to these things? What then shall we say when we face storms in our life? If God is for us, who can be against us? For he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now think about what this verse is saying. If God did not spare his son at the cross, then how will he then not graciously give us all things? How will he then not graciously guide us through every single storm in our life? It doesn't make sense that he would take care of the greatest storm, deal with our sins, deal with our shame, ensure a future. But yet when we go through smaller storms in this life, he will abandon us. It doesn't make sense. And so family, listen, I don't know what you're going through right now in your life, in your own personal life, but the Lord knows about it. And just remember that if the Lord was faithful in the greatest storm, he will be faithful with you now. And who knows, maybe you're out there right now, you're thinking to yourself, you know, I'm going through storms in my life, but I know I don't, I don't have a relationship with Christ. And I realize that when I have to face God at the end of my life and to give an account for everything I've done, I know I'm not gonna be able to withstand that judgment from God. And so, Omar, I, I wanna be able to start a relationship with Christ. I need Christ in my life. How can I do so? Well, listen to what John 3:16 says. For God so loved the world, for God so loved you, that he gave his one and only son. He gave his son on that cross that whosoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, if you wanna start a relationship with Christ today and you're tuning in, listen, the answer is, is not just to, to go to church. Uh, the answer is not to do some sort of ritual, some sort of tradition. The answer is very simple. If you wanna start a relationship with Christ, the answer is to put your full trust and your faith in Him. And the Bible says that the moment that you put your trust and your faith in Christ, He not only forgives you of all of your sins, forgiven, He forgives everything you've done before, in your past, today, in the future. He forgives every single one of your sins. And he, then He starts a relationship with you that will never end. A relationship of a father, son, father, daughter, and for the rest of your life, you will enjoy the fellowship of your heavenly Father that will be with you through every storm in your life. So if that's you, I wanna lead you through a prayer. And I always like to remind you, listen, when you pray, this is not a poem, it's not something that we've came up here. It's just me helping you pray to the Lord. And don't pray this to me, listen, you pray to the Lord because He's waiting for you right now. So pray this with me. Let's bow our heads together. Father, today I realize how alone I am in this life. And I don't wanna go through the storms in this life without you. I need you in my life. And so I come before you and I confess all of my sins. Everything I've done, I confess them. And I put my trust in you. And so Lord, help, forgive me of all of my sins. Give me everlasting life. And Lord, for the rest of my life here on earth until I see you, Help me to live a life that honors you and brings you glory. I may not be perfect, but help me to live a life that honors you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. 
It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I am so excited for you that you took this step of faith to start your journey with the Lord. If that was you, go to the website right below me and fill that form out and one of our pastors will reach out to you and will help you now in your journey with the Lord. We cannot wait to see what the Lord is gonna do now in your life. By the way, before I end, be sure to tune in next week because next week we are starting a brand new series called Death to Selfie. Yeah, Death to Selfie. We're gonna go back to Colossians chapter three. We're gonna continue through our study through that book. And we're gonna see of how we can finally put to rest, put to death all these sins, all these different things in our life that we know do not honor God. And so invite your friends and family. Trust me, it's gonna be really practical, but it's gonna be really informative. It's gonna be really helpful for us as we seek to live lives that honor the Lord, all right? Until then, have a great, great week, Christ Fellowship. I love you all. I'm praying for you. Love you guys.